This is The Power Profile, stories of world-class leadership, hosted by award-winning broadcast journalist and media entrepreneur, Christina Mendonza. Get ready to connect with those defining success. This is The Power Profile, where we look at power in all forms of our professional and personal lives and talk to people who've leveraged power in their own lives. And we're back at it again with another dynamic interview. This professional is a woman who moves seamlessly between technology and leadership. She is just super dynamic, a TEDx speaker. She has worked for some of the largest Silicon Valley companies. Yes, the Apples. Yes, the Intels. And we're talking in leadership roles. And I've really enjoyed knowing Lisa Thee. She has a brand new book out that we're going to talk about helping people reboot their careers with a 90-day program. Now, I don't know about you, but I am ready for some inspiration. I'm ready to turn the page on summer 2023, which for me, is going to go down as the summer that slipped through my fingers. It was not the relaxing, vacation-filled, enjoyable, leisurely summer that I knew it was not going to be. (laughs) It was exactly as I envisioned, a nose-to-the-grindstone working summer with a super fun audit thrown in. But I'm a rule follower and a record keeper, so in the end, it was fine. But needless to say, this was not my most Instagrammable summer. And I'm anxious to move on to fall. And maybe you are too, looking for that next chapter, that transformation, whether it's personal or professional. You are so going to enjoy my guest today. Her latest book is called Go! Reboot Your Career in 90 Days. It is out just this week, so it's brand new out there. So snap it up while you can. You know, Anywhere you can get books, you'll find it. Um, in a portion of the book, she describes our leadership evolution as seasons. And here's just a portion of it. When you're building your skills and your network, it can feel like a mountain hike in the summer. There is excitement all along the journey. You are fighting gravity up the mountain. You are energized and inspired. Over time, you notice the beauty of a season change into fall. But the journey view is evolving into a colorful display of fall leaves and milder temperatures. You've learned your pace. You are continuing to build your endurance. And just when you think you have this whole process figured out, winter sets in. As the temperatures drop and the trail gets covered with snow and ice, there are unforeseen obstacles to your journey. Lisa's very open and frank about the own obstacles, the obstacles that she has faced in her leadership journey. Super successful. You go to her her website and her social media, you would think she has uh, not had a, a hiccup in her career at all, uh, but she has had some significant ones. So she will talk about those. In fact, uh, we were just talking about how busy and crazy things are, and, and we were talking before the interview started, and she said, you know, I thought about canceling this interview three times because we just had the book launch, I'm exhausted, uh, and it's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. And I felt the same way. I was like, I just got off a, a four-hour radio show where I've been ad-libbing my ass off <laughs> about the news of the day for four hours, and I'm tired, and I just want to, like, lay down and uh, scroll social media and just relax a little bit but both of us rallied and boy were we glad we did because we ended up having a conversation that made both of us 
leave it feeling so much better about the day, about life, uh, reconnecting, and it just inspired both of us. So when I first met Lisa Thee, she was a technology expert and a thought leader using her tech and her leadership skills in the fight against human trafficking, something she felt deeply about. She's developed apps to help parents keep their children safe. She's worked in executive and leadership roles within Silicon Valley, as I told you, but she has transformed her career yet again and is now using her technology to help others embrace new roles and see new possibilities for their own lives. So happy to have you uh, on the show again. I interviewed you once before, but I'm so excited about this latest project, your new book, Go Reboot Your Career in 90 Days. So what inspired you to write this? Thank you so much for having me back, Christine. I had such a great time last time, and I'm glad that we get to continue the conversation. Yeah, so what inspired me to write this book was noticing the punctuations throughout the course of my career where perhaps what got me here wasn't going to get me there or uh, an abrupt thing that happened in my life caused me to need to identify a new North Star in my life. Um, So I really wanted to help to share and democratize the information of how I've been able to align my mission-based work and career uh, with the projects that I take on. And since I've done that from being in corporate America, pivoting to entrepreneurship, and then from entrepreneurship into consulting, um, I wanted to share that journey for other people in technology that perhaps are finding themselves having things happen to them um, with the, the downsizing and some of the layoffs that we're seeing, or opportunities to grow, like some of these cool trends around artificial intelligence. Uh, I think being a lifelong learner and not being so attached to how you define yourself is going to be the way forward towards success in the future. And so I wanted to make sure that I help people have a really actionable plan um, that took them from where they are today to where they want to be in a very clear and defined process. And I've worked with numerous coaching clients now at this point, and I've seen multiple people be able to improve the statistics that I think are most important, like health and connection to their families and connection to their mission and that legacy they're building, in addition to sustaining their income at a level that they need in order to thrive. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that while I was here, I shared that information. Unfortunately, I had a pretty serious Um, health complication uh, as a result of the pandemic. And I wasn't quite sure I'd be here to share this information with my children. And so that was my origin story of starting to write was to get all that information down in case I couldn't share. Fortunately, we've been able to turn the corner on some of my challenges and um, I will be here to guide them through these, these processes. But um, it was the inspiration and the origin story of, of my wife. Wow. Well, first of all, let me say, I'm so glad you turned the corner on on any health issue you might have had. I think and you certainly aren't alone during the pandemic. People had a, a variety on the spectrum of of health issues, physical and, and just emotional and mental health issues as well. So glad, glad you're here to pass along this because you are such an inspirational person. I've loved watching your career and of course, always love talking to you. And I, I love in the book how you describe leadership 
as an evolution through seasons. And I mean, it, it makes me think I have a daughter right now who's climbing the, the ranks of a fintech company in Australia, and she's a, an assistant marketing manager now. And I'm thinking of her in the summer, uh, when you describe the summer of your, your leadership journey, the excitement along the journey, the gravity, fighting gravity up the mountain, but you're energized and inspired. And I just really appreciate the metaphor of the different portions of your life, your whole leadership evolution. Thank you. And, you know, that came from digging deep uh, during one of my sessions of accepting my disability. I haven't been able to work since full time since 2021 um, when I was diagnosed with a autoimmune condition that had been an underlying condition uh, for COVID. And so uh, with that, I, I was starting to really think through, you know, what does life look like? once I come out of this winter, you know, when, when we get my meds right, when I learn better pacing strategies, when I really internalize that my worth isn't on the line every day based on my paycheck, what could that look like? And I, I created that metaphor really for myself because I think we've all been uh, along uh, walks or hikes where you're thinking to yourself at some point, boy, what did I get myself into? But then you push just a little bit further and you start to realize that the ground rises to meet you and we're not always fighting the gravity. And so I hope that sharing that metaphor, people can relate to that because I think a lot of times we're really hard on ourselves when our circumstances change or maybe that goal we shot for was a little bit of an overreach and we don't get there. Uh, there's no time lost. There's no... Um, Everything is helping to steer you in the right direction towards your own unique career progression. And I've had some pretty good setbacks in there. And I intentionally included a lot of them so that people don't see just the shiny headlines of, you know, AI startup founder and TEDx speaker and, you know, keynote speaker at cool companies like Nike and, and Blue Shield. Yes, those are all true. And... I was laid off. I, w I have had to turn down opportunities I would die to do because I wasn't well enough. I have opted past things that could have really made my career skyrocket because I was locking down my travel dial for my family. It, it's okay to say no to the world if it's a yes to yourself. And I really want people to, to see through my journey that it is possible. That's really, I mean, that's something to, to really sit and, and, and think on because I think as high-performing women in particular, there is a lot of identity that's wrapped up in a paycheck or as, as I feel like I'm finding out in my own career journey, connecting your identity to productivity. Yeah. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, when you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I didn't get, I didn't get enough done today. I didn't, I didn't, you know, post enough. I didn't uh, get that podcast recorded and produced like I should have. I should have scheduled uh, media training with 10 executives, not just three. I, I mean, so it's like this constant and, and I feel great at the end of a 14 hour day. And I don't think that's necessarily healthy. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> But it is relatable. I think we all have our ways that we numb out our feelings. Some of them can be uh, substances. Some of them can be work. I would say that's probably more my 
my bend as well. And, you know, when you slow down and get out of your head and back into your body, that is where your true wisdom resides. It is not in the manic tasks that we feel compelled to do so that we feel like, you know, our time was well used. It's, and I wouldn't say that I, had I not had some of the setbacks that I've had, that that would have been self-evident to mm-hmm. me. If, you know, when I started writing this book, I was legitimately stuck in bed. I was, I had lost half my hearing. I had developed debilitating fatigue. We later learned from a vascular disease that was creating aneurysms all throughout my GI tract and, oh. and my my splenic arteries. So I, my body was giving me these very, very, very clear signals that what, what got us here won't get us there. And it's in those moments where you have to really sit back and reflect on your values, reflect on your, the legacy that you want to leave and reflect on, you know, the moments that matter that it started to get really clear to me that just continuing to focus on this manic productivity was never going to be what I, I want to be defined by. Right. And I found someone in my coaching clients in the same position. They, a lot of them had different origin reasons, but it all led us on that same path. You've achieved some level of traditional success that you aspired to maybe as a young person. But then life happens. Perhaps it's a divorce you didn't see coming. Perhaps it is a death in your family. Perhaps it's a health uh, issue or disability like what I experienced. But it all gets us back to that place where if we don't start to change something, we're not going to be around to enjoy the spoils of it. And I think we are all living through this transition now. And it's a great opportunity to sit down and really reflect on what makes us uniquely special and successful in our careers and then double and triple down on that versus doing what everybody tells you to do, which is some formula that frankly AI is going to be able to replicate for all of us in you know, the next 10, 20, 30 years, we have to connect back to our humanity in order to really thrive in the future. You know, I'm wondering, and I'd love your thoughts on this, if you feel this um, this addiction to productivity or addiction to uh, success or, you know, any however we want to couch it, addiction or, or using another word, if it is generational. And I ask that because this happened many years ago, but it kind of told me I was part of a different generation. It was a, a story I heard about a young woman who got a job um, at a, I was working at a news station and she was working at a different news station, but she was, you know, a good, good 10, 15 years younger than me. And, um, her and some other young women within that news station went to the, uh, went to the general manager and they demanded, uh, they didn't ask for, they demanded a place to, um, uh, pump milk and to, or to breastfeed during the the workday. And I was thinking to myself, I would have never asked for that. That's not something I even ever thought of. That was like my personal stuff that I would handle personally. I would never even uh, um, have brought that. I wouldn't have thought to bring it up uh, to an Go hide in a dirty toilet stall. Right. While you're traveling for a story. And And I will say guilty myself. I, I, I remember one time I left my sweater in that gross toilet 
and had to go to customer meetings afterwards. It just these this dignity and respect layer that we have learned to shed so that we don't become a problem in the workplace. I absolutely believe you and I being of that that generation, two generations past women's the women's movement and entering into the business world, that we were not raised just to believe we could be anything we put our minds to. We were raised we must yeah. as the first the first generation of people to benefit from all of this sacrifice be everything. <laughs> to right. everyone. You're right. At home, at work, and our friendship circles and our communities and whether that's religious organizations, sports, schools, what have you. And um I think that these these generations that are coming up behind us are watching us do this and going, if that's what success looks like, no, thank you. Right. Uh, And I am so inspired by their bravery. And it's actually why I chose to, instead of doing what I've done in the past, which is either maybe starting a company to accelerate an agenda or consulting for other companies to help them change their cultures, was really inspired to write this book because I don't want to tell people what we need to do next, because they have such better ideas, not being burdened by some of the things that we have saddled as a generation. And in the midst of all of this, it makes me think of, you know, those moments when we were growing up where, you know, watching the challenger take off and then Mm -hmm. abruptly watching it blow up on our television screens. I think every child that was in elementary school at that time looked around in horror to their teachers um, thinking, oh my gosh, that could have been my special person. And I think it created a fear of success in me. So it's always this weird push pull of you must do everything to thrive, but don't be too successful because you don't want to make other people uncomfortable. And I think that these follow-up generations and the millennials and the Gen Z's are not as burdened with all of that nonsense. And I have a lot of confidence that they are going to be the innovators that help to bring better balance and better um, humanity back to the workplace. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be what de- what drives the next wave of innovation because talent is equally distributed. It is not centralized. And a couple of people that happen to go to these schools that were born into these families with these demographics. And we're going to have such better options in the market when people that have had different lived experiences are actually in the room where the decisions and the products are being made. You know, it just strikes me though, as we, um, you know, as we talk about maybe the tech layoffs or, you know, people deciding they need a transition um, in their careers, uh, everything is so automated right now. How do you break through? So like, for instance, uh, in certain job markets, I mean, you know, unless you're on LinkedIn and you're just blindly, you know, trying to apply through LinkedIn, or unless you can somehow make a contact with a company in a market you'd like to be in, I mean, what is some of the advice you give in Go uh, Reboot Your Career in Ninety yeah, Days? Yeah, absolutely. So that is actually where I think we can use a combination of technology and then very low tech solutions to solve this kind of challenge. So. In my day job, I'm a managing director of AI and data for a consulting firm. So I have a lot of people that see me as a potential on-ramp to a career in a growing field in tech. 
And what always stands out to me are the people that are really clear on their why and why they want to work in that field and what they hope to accomplish. And so I, I really like to take that three-month window to break down getting really clear on not just the job you want next, but the one you want two jobs from now, and really understanding what the skill sets are required for that role and doing an audit of where you are today. And so it starts with understanding your values and where you want to point, but then it's, it's taking an inventory of what have you built so far and making sure you're really intentional in the next job that you take that's leading you towards that path. I think a lot of it comes down to, we've all heard the network and people are really, people love to share how they got there, especially people in positions of power. And I think they also really love to use some of that power to help people get breaks. So I facilitate a lot of, at a lot of conferences thinking through sponsorship and who are you gonna pull up with you during your leadership journey. And so when people have something, when they're not just blindly looking through job, uh, job options that are out there, but are really intentional on creating where they wanna go and why, and being able to express that clearly and express what they can bring to the table in some of these informational interview types of environments. Um, I have found that oftentimes by slowing down and doing that work up front, you speed up the result on the back end. That might lead you to a new role within the company that you're currently at. Perhaps it's a role that you advocate to get budget and responsibility for, like what happened for me and my, my tenure at Intel. I, I saw an opportunity to apply AI to disrupt human trafficking at scale. And back in 2015, 16, um, we, we were able to raise $4 million within the company to go invest in that work because it helped us to build some of those innovative pieces on the back end through going through that exercise. And it also gave us some marketing collateral to help people understand why AI was going to be applicable. At that time, it wasn't as clear as it is today. On the other hand, perhaps your vision is telling, will lead you to recognize that where you are today is not going to get you where you want to go. And perhaps it's investing in yourself as a leader, as an entrepreneur. And so I break down a lot of the things that I wish I knew when I was launching my company, Minor Guard, and raising my seed round and hiring my original staff and setting the tone and the culture and a lot of the things that I didn't have experience doing in my 18 years in corporate America. And then lastly, you may find that your purpose and your meaning right now really is centered in something completely outside of the office. And that's okay too. And perhaps your journey will lead you right back to where you are with a different lens on it that says, my purpose and meaning is to support my family. I go to this job every day to do that. And I, I get my meaning and fulfillment in my community involvement, in my hobbies, in my volunteerism, you know, in, in my athletic endeavors, insert whatever motivates you there. And you may find that you are more comfortable with the choices that you've made because you've done an honest assessment and you recognize that you're exactly where you need to be right now. There's many options that come out of this discovery process, but I've never seen anybody that feels it's wasted time. And we can all tune up a little bit about how we're spending our time 
by collecting that data on ourselves. And that's what the 90 day process really helped you to do. Great. So it's really like a, it's like a, like a, a course or like a, a template for how to do this for yourself. Yes, we have, uh, I, I jokingly at the beginning of the book say, look, um, this is almost like a recipe online. If you want to hear all of the things that it took to create the, this marvelous recipe for chocolate chip cookies, here's the four pages of the, the blog about it. But if you just want to get to the recipe part, jump to chapter 11. It's right there for you. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I love that you do that because that's my husband constantly. When he looks up recipes online, he's like, oh, do I have to hear this whole like story, the history of this ingredient? Can I just get to the recipe? <laughs> Absolutely. And there's some people that want to feel that community of, I did, you know, what I realized through my career, some of the um, experiences that I have with, you know, having to deal with sexual harassment in the workplace, like the Me Too movement, or dealing with becoming disabled and having to learn ADA laws and navigate that whole healthcare system, or, you know, living through a, a school shooting incident that created post-traumatic stress disorder for me during a work trip. There, there are many different seasons of my life that have gotten to where I am today. And I want to make sure that people that have gone through those things don't spend as much time as I did thinking that I, there was something about me that, that I brought this nonsense into my life. Hmm. It seemed like a personal problem to me. And so that's why I really went broad and interviewed over 30 female executives that are in the C-suite about their experiences in some of these places and sprinkled some of their, their expertise and statistics for executive leaders to really understand the journey of the modern successful female executive, because we do have vulnerabilities and we, we have lived through some things that make it a little bit harder to show up every day. And that's why I kept it in there. But for folks that are just looking for the recipe, Start on chapter 11, more power to you. Um, you don't, you know, I, I really wanted to make it accessible to the broadest audience of people. And I wanted to be really open because I know that if you scroll my social media, oftentimes it looks really shiny. And I wanted to give what I was looking for when I was in those moments of discomfort of needing to do a reboot, which is other people have gone through this and it has turned out okay. Yeah, the relatability. The really absolutely. Yeah. The relate the authenticity. Um I I need to ask you about this because it's a it's a question I get a lot as a journalist. Uh people ask me all the time is AI going to take over? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Is it should I learn about it or should I ignore it? Um and and I just want yeah. I mean so <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I know tech is your background, but yes. um, you also <laughs> are, you know, adept at the leadership and the soft skills. I mean, you can you can talk both languages. So talk to me about how you see AI rolling out for the average person. Absolutely. So my area of expertise is trust and safety with AI. And I've been doing that um, full time from corporate America, leading the AI for good group at Intel. Um, all the way through running my own startup and now consulting for other companies. So it's really important to me to demystify some of this stuff for people that are, you know, people I chat with on the sidelines of the soccer field. 
So one of the things I will say is this, do I think AI will take over? I am not super concerned that AI is going to take over like Skynet immediately or anything <laughs> like that. Do I think that you can just ignore AI and not be concerned about how it's going to affect your, your career and your family? I think that's a misstep at today's day and age. Uh, the reason I say that is, you know, when I was moderating the, the main stage of the World AI Conference in Cannes earlier this year, um, it was a very different vibe than even last year. And it, this generative AI wave has just broke out from being stuff people in the industry talked about for the last decade to stuff I hear school teachers talking about on the soccer field. Uh, about how they're using it to do peer reviews for helping their students that are struggling to get better input on their English papers and how they can start to advance um, in that way. So I think that it will be something that we all need to be more comfortable with. I have created a lot of products, but frankly, as a user of AI, I didn't even touch ChatGPT until 2023 personally. Um, so I think the first and foremost step is to just get on it and tinker around with it. As a busy working mom with picky eaters, I, I did things like, you know, my husband wants to eat keto and my son wants to eat paleo and my daughter will only eat carbs. Make me a menu for the week. And it <laughs> magically came up with one. And I'm like, this is bananas great. Now, and then the next prompt, it's like, turn it into a shopping list. And here we go. Magically, I have a shopping list for the week. So you don't have to be doing super technical things with AI in order to see some benefits from it. It's Secondly, true. to build on that is that I, being an insider and kind of living in the future, which is how I, I always have been positioned in this space, I guarantee you that the skill sets of becoming data literate and coming along with this transition of understanding how human in the loop artificial intelligence will impact all of our jobs is going to be mission critical for people. Um, it's going to be how we stay current as a lifelong learner with the jobs of the future. And so I think it's really critical that people spend a little time getting comfortable with the tools, getting over the, the fear of using them um, it's important to be mindful that anything you put out there, um, kind of like from that journalist lens, um, somebody is able to see that data at some place and somewhere. So you don't want to put your most personal information in there. You don't want to share um, restricted things from your employer on an open a platform to test around with things that can come back to bite you. But for things that you would feel comfortable posting uh, on social media and sending to your grandmother, tinker around with those. Um, the other place that I use it as a business owner is in my marketing. Background wise, I'm from an engineering background. I certainly did not know how to write a compelling and great social post. And there's so many times I sit there at my computer just kind of like writer's block going, ugh, what do I even say about this? Um, and it can be a great I like rough draft generator for you. I, I almost never post something that I don't edit, but it's so much easier for me to edit something that I can react to than try to create something from nothing. 
Um, so in a lot of ways, it acts almost like my uh, developmental editor did for my book, which is I'm looking at what you've done and I'm going to say, you need to add some more content here. You need to summarize this better here. I found this error. It can be that partner for you as you're navigating through. And I think people in business applications can probably think of a lot of things that they do that are tedious, repetitive, pattern-based, that it'd be so nice if they just had a magical intern that would come and take it off their plate. And I think that's where AI is going to come into the workforce most, most impactfully. It's really, no matter what you're focused on, helping you to be more time uh, more time uh, aware for the things you don't want to be doing and be able to automate some of those things. So you can spend more time in the things that you're a true subject matter expert in to take advantage of your human elements, like your curiosity and your intuition and your innovation and your co-creation and collaboration with the other humans around you. That's where I think AI is going to be that game changer and why it's worth looking into investing up now. And there are free classes online from Google, for example, that I have taken that I found a lot of value in. Um, you can just put into Google, Google um, generative AI coursework and they're all free and available. Or if you're looking for more of a cohort, uh, Women in Data is a global organization that pulls together communities of people that want to upskill in this. They happen to be Sacramento-based, so shout out to Sadie St. Lawrence, who's built this amazing community. Um, but that is another way that you can start to come up. And Women in Data is available to anyone that's interested in upskilling in a data path. You don't need to be a woman to participate. Uh, but I think having these cohorts and learning groups and guided methods can be really helpful for people that want to start something but don't know where to start. Wow. That, well, great. I mean, just great resources there, great advice. Um, I, I started using ChatGPT to uh, plan my vacations, and it's fabulous for that. I had like a five-day trip to Charleston, South Carolina, and I hit all the great restaurants, all the great landmarks, and not knowing anything about the city. So yeah, it is amazing at just pulling uh, an itinerary together. Uh, in, in it no really time. is, but I think hotels will still have a concierge, right? Right. Like there's those, it's a great way to accelerate that everyday people can, that just want something transactional can get it done and have a great experience. But if you're looking for a bespoke experience, something elevated that requires somebody that really knows the city and can connect you with these places that maybe won't take a reservation from a bot, <laughs> you can have those experiences as well. So I, I just see us all having an opportunity to minimize some of the tedious work and optimize some of the work that, you know, is part of that 90 day process, finding what really inspires and motivates you and helps you build the next thing, services or products that you wanna see in the world to make it a better experience for everyone. Lovely, lovely. All right, so um, I asked this to all of my guests and I'll ask you now, what is your, habit, hobby, or ritual for staying creative in your own life when you feel like your batteries are drained and uh, you need to re-energize re your creativity? Is there a habit, hobby, or ritual that you do? Yes, and it is, um, I, I will answer with a few of them because I rotate them in and out in case they're of service to anyone. Um, first and foremost, daily walks with my dog really help me to see the blues of the sky and the tops of the trees 
And remember that I am not personally responsible for making the earth rotate and gravity work. Um, sometimes it's so easy to get in our own heads and feel this sense of over-responsibility for fixing all the world's problems. And that helps me to stay grounded and not have this uh, silly concept that I can fix everything on my own. I think secondly, um, <laughs> Once I got some brain damage from COVID, I, I started up with pool aerobics uh, to challenge my brain because dancing is something that's good for helping to rebuild those neurons. And I really find it lovely on, at 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings to go with my girlfriends and just be silly and move in the pool and be able to be free. Uh, with my limited mobility these days, um, it's not, it's the only time I really get a lot of play in my life. And I find that so rewarding. So finding some place to play, uh, I really encourage as well for creativity. That's where our best ideas come. Oh, those are great. Those are, you know, I always get different answers. I get everything. I think someone, someone once told me they, I, I book a hotel room just for myself for the weekend. <laughs> and I just oh, go there. Glorious. I just watch movies and I eat cereal and I just hang out in the hotel. I, I mean, I've had so many different answers and yours were unique as well. So thank you so much. Uh, and thank you for your time, Lisa Thee. This has been a great catch up. The book is Go Reboot Your Career in 90 Days. Tell us uh, quickly where people can find you and connect with you. Absolutely. So if you're interested in the book, you can find it at Barnes and Noble, Walmart, or all the places. You get your book. Obviously, Amazon is also a great option for that. It's launch week, so any purchases really help uh, to make sure that we get the word out on these opportunities for people. I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn. I love to connect with folks and follow their journeys, so that's a great place to find me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. So appreciate your wisdom and your experience and your perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lisa Thee, author of Go Reboot Your Career in 90 Days. Uh, she's fantastic. And do look her up on LinkedIn, connect with her in all ways, uh, because she does post a lot of articles, excerpts of her book, uh, and interviews that she does talking about her, her key, her keys for transformation. Thank you very much for being here. Hey, I wanted to let you know about something that I'm involved in here regionally that um, I would love for you to join me. Um, it's the Women's Conference, the Folsom Women's Conference. It's happening October 5th, and it's going to be all day. Speakers, moderated panels. Uh, there are some amazing merchants there and business owners there. It's really a place, whether you're interested professionally or personally, to connect with other women. Um, there, there are guys there too. They're invited. We don't exclude them, um, but it is called the Women's Conference, but it's a great place to network. It's a great place to be inspired and I'm hosting the day. I'm emceeing the day and it's always a blast and it's always fun. So again, it's October 5th in Folsom at the Harris Center. And if you go to my Instagram, you can link through my bio for tickets. You can also go to FolsomWomensConference.com and you can find tickets there, but uh, snap them up now because it always sells out and it's just a really great day. So take the day off, grab a girlfriend, come to the Folsom Women's Conference. And thanks again for being here for the Power Profile. If you have a question, you want to chat or just want to say hi, you can reach me at MendonzaMedia.com. This has been The Power Profile with Christina Mendonca. Stay connected through MendonzaMedia.com.